this is Coffee Number 5. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hi, Sam. Bravo, Inspector. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you and to talk to you as always. Uh, I ask you to come here not only because you were guidance for me and my family in very special times of our life, also because I we share a lot of beliefs and about, I mean, this podcast is about what understanding people and what make people think. Uh, I, we believe that, or I believe that who we are is part of what we believe to. And who better to talk about beliefs that such a per- individual who believes so strongly in so many things and can guide others into belief. Thank you. It's a pleasure to talk with you. I'm excited uh, for our conversation. Yeah. So when you have all these people and all those uh, facts that you preach, or you lecture, you educate, and you find so many individuals that they are looking for themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they, someone can find themselves in faith or through faith? Faith? Um, yeah, can somebody find themselves in faith? I think absolutely. I think so. Uh, I think that um, faith is an expression, ultimately, not just of our beliefs, which are each individual and unique but also of our hopes and ambitions for the world that we live in and for our own lives. And so uh, faith can be a channel for us um, to really not only express ourselves, but try to create a world in line with uh, our vision of what the world should be. And that That's incredibly personal. And what about, because there are so many, I mean, we live in such a global world nowadays, and there are so many uh, mix relationships, not only like in friendships. Come on, I live in Los Angeles and I have friends from every religion, I believe. I have friends from every ethnicity and I found so many common ground and common beliefs and how you manage to maintain and to foster your identity through all this global world. That's a great question and I I think that that's a constant struggle for us. Um, speaking of my own faith in America today, 70% of non-Orthodox Jews are in the United States are marrying somebody who isn't Jewish. And uh, on one hand, that it's a really wonderful thing that people can see holiness and beauty in us and not just label. I think we live in a world today where fewer and fewer people are putting labels on each other and more of seeing the beauty and holiness in each other, um, regardless of the color of their skin or what their religion is or their their ethnic background. Um, At the same time though, uh, uh, I often hear people say things like trying to be very progressive and saying, oh, I don't see color. And it's like, well, um, you know, it's important to still see the uniqueness of different people, I think. I think we should treat people the same, like as equals, regardless of the color of their skin or um, what their religious background is. However, our ethnic experiences, our religious experiences, they are so crucial to the identity of where we come from. And so to say that I don't see color 
or, or something like that is, uh, I believe, a, a, a denial of um, somebody else's narrative. Uh, so And heritage also. This is something that fascinates me. I, we believe in such a world that being politically correct became so much more important than acknowledge sound for who they are. Instead, if like, I'm Latina. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter how I look, uh, but I'm still culturally, I'm a Latina. Right. And, and I'm a proud to be who I am. And I'm Jewish too, and I'm proud of that mix. But it's so politically correct that people try not to label. Like, you lo- lose who you are for being right. politically correct. So I think that, like, w- what we need to do um, is. In my tradition, it says in um, Genesis that every person was made in God's image and likeness. So we have to see holiness and godliness in every person and realize that each person has something beautiful and special about them. But also what we need to realize is each person was made unique and, uh, and that we have to appreciate that uniqueness. If we Otherwise, we aren't truly appreciating their creation um, because it, if two people were the exact same people and had the exact same story, there'd be no reason for that other person to exist here in the world. And so uh, I think it is important to see beauty in everyone, but also to see that uh, unique beauty in them and to recognize and hear their narrative, hear their story um, and appreciate that. And for ourselves to, uh, appreciate uh, what we share with all of humankind, but also what makes us the unique individuals that we are. There was is this law of attraction that make us at being attractive to a person because who they are. Sure. Um, I mean, I think that absolutely uh, w- there are things that we look for and. Um, and we look for things that are a part of people's narratives. For me, as a rabbi, um, I think I often do gravitate more towards other Jewish people, and certainly when I would date, would date other Jewish people, because that's so important to what my narrative is. Now, I know uh, other people, my brother, for instance, um, he's also Jewish, but when you ask him about his identity, uh, some of the things that more clearly define his uniqueness in Judaism, perhaps, are that he is an avid hiker and fisherman and um, a doctor also. And so when he was dating, he um, finding somebody who was Jewish wasn't necessarily the most important thing for him, but finding somebody who he could share his passion for the outdoors with and uh, that was um, highly educated, th- those were very important qualities for him to find another. And so um, that kind of goes into, even even though you wouldn't really think about those in terms of um, an identity like Judaism or Latina or something like that, uh, we're attracted, I think, often to people who can understand us and understand uh, our narrative. And we can share, like, for example, I I love tradition. And everyone who knows me, know that I love tradition. And tradition can be not only religious, can be the new traditions that we make as a family. Not mm-hmm. only having Friday night dinners, maybe having Sunday 
a night pizza and a movie. Yes, uh, absolutely. So those traditions are part of our identity, are, are what we carry on as a family, uh, the memories. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, in the Jewish context, that's why Passover is the most observed Jewish holidays, it's all about memories. And I've seen arguments break out over should the matzo balls be floating or sinking because in the soup. And it's because ultimately one person comes from a family where their grandmother's matzo balls always floated and the other person uh, says, well, that's completely wrong because my grandmother's always sink. And, uh, and well, we're not going to start arguing there because my grandmother was always right. Exactly. So people find their traditions and those become, you know, regardless of your faith, those become holy and sacred to them, um, regardless of your faith or your culture or uh, wherever you may be from. That's wonderful. What, well, you have so many people that they come to you with a lot of issues. Uh, sometimes they are looking just for someone to listen to them and not being a therapist, someone who can just be heard and that because they have those traditions and those common beliefs, they feel like you can give them some guidance. But sometimes they just come people for a specific advice. And I mean, let's say something silly. If I go and ask you for advice how to paint my nails, probably you're gonna tell me, well, you need to go and talk to a manicure but yeah. it, when people come to you and ask questions that they are like big questions, how I found myself, how I found a relationship, how I, uh, I'm, how I repair a relationship. There's so many things in our life that people believe that sometimes can be repaired. Sometimes we need to find a change. Sometimes we need to find who we are, how you guide them from a spiritual place or right. religious place, someone to find themselves? Yeah, great question. So um, I, I never tell people what to do. I know um, And yeah, but you know, I think in, a lot of people have an expectation of clergy that like, you will come to me and tell me, um, you know, this is the problem I have and I'm supposed to tell you how to fix it. And um, you're not a wizard there. No, no, it's something uh, they learn the hard way. But um, the thing is, is that each person reacts to a situation differently. Um, and it's based off of their family traditions and narratives and their own experiences. So what I try and do is walk them through their experiences and through their own narratives and traditions and also um, where I can bring their Jewish traditions and narratives into kind of enrich um, and help bring an understanding to that because I think there, there is a reason they're talking to me as a rabbi is that as they're in this struggle, they're saying I need um, a Jewish context because that's so much of who I am to get me through this difficult time. And so uh, we work through that. Um, you know, sometimes I get somebody who comes in and tells me that they're having an affair, for instance. And, uh, you know, it's very easy for me to say, well, the Bible says that you shouldn't commit adultery. But they know that already. Um, but so what I, I explore with them is what led them to that affair? Um, what is it that they were lacking in their marriage that led them to make this, make this decision? But 
more so than that, why is that need in their marriage so important that they would risk their marriage um, and their family and so many other things uh, to, to be fulfilled in this way by another person? And um, that, that's where it comes down to traditions and narratives and seeing uh, beauty and holiness in, in each other. And I think people are looking when they come not to be judged, but rather to grow and understand and learn more about themselves. And how you, I mean, having your faith and having your, your beliefs, how can you not be judging someone? It's so difficult to be in your spot because <laughs> obviously you have your rationale of how you lead your life and how you lead your people. But at the same time, they come with something that is conflicting for you. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest. There are times where it's hard not to be judgmental, especially if there's something like abuse or something going on. It's really hard not to be judgmental, and I, I might be judgmental in those cases, but um, you have to remember they're coming to you, and, and they know, like, for, in, for the example of an affair or something, they know that what they're doing is not what they should be doing, which is, it takes a lot of courage for them to come and talk Absolutely. about it and to talk with, like, the, their spiritual leader about it and to be vulnerable um, in that moment and what you have to look at is not not the um, situation like this entirely the of what happened the facts but rather um, see the pain in the other person uh, you know that that's something that's always important if you're visiting somebody in the hospital don't just see a person with cancer um, or a cancer patient, but see a human being who is in a difficult moment who happens to have cancer. Um, and maybe there are other things going on that where the cancer is the farthest thing from their mind because they're really worried about somebody in their family or, or something else. Um, so in terms that, that, of... That's an excellent point of view. I, I, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Of course. And so when it comes to not judging someone, you just have to recognize that they're being vulnerable with you and um, try and help them through what they're going through. Um, because I, I'm so very far from perfect. Uh, I have horrible imposter syndrome. I, I always fear that if, if my congregants knew about me, everything I knew about myself, they wouldn't want me as their rabbi. Um, and uh, and so there are people who I've seen who I've thought to myself, gosh, that person has everything. Their life is so perfect. And then they come and tell me something going on and you, you realize, wow, they're really struggling. And um, if, if they've done something wrong, I, I always try to remind myself that when we, we look at in our tradition, um, that King David, Moses, Abraham, they, they did bad things sometimes, but they weren't necessarily bad people. Uh, making mistakes makes you human. Trying to make up and learn from those mistakes makes you a good human. But uh, at the end, it's all how we present ourselves. You're human, you're making mistakes, but it's that first impression how people perceive us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's very true. I mean, and again, I try not to be judgmental, but there's there are times that people come in just like, and I don't know them, and you have that first impression, you're like, wow, this person's crazy. Um, and then you get to know them a bit more, and you re- kind of feel badly for judging them because you realize there's a lot more to their story. So we have to try and be patient with those folks. Absolutely. I have one last question for you. Yeah. Uh, something that always was is very, very interesting for me. Um, people who are trying to find the solutions, the complete solution in faith, that where they have problems and they just cannot deal with the reality and they feel like religion will fix the problems. Yeah. How you deal with something like that? That's tough. Um, yes, it is tough. Well, something I think about, and you know, I'm trying to speak to all religions, but with my faith, we're, we're called the people of Israel, which means the ones who struggle with God. And I, I don't think that anything can give us all the answers. I don't think it's possible to know all the answers. And um, part of life is that we're always going to have uh, trials and tribulations, uh, whether it's financial, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's with our health or something else. There are going to be moments that shake us throughout our lives. I think every person is going to experience those. and. Um, I, I think that faith can give us a tool uh, to channel our hopes and help us recognize the world as it is versus the world that we want um, to be living in and what our actuality is versus uh, what our reality is versus what our desire um, desire is. And uh, religion can give us the framework um, to be conscious of both our ambitions, but also of what steps we need to take to make the world a better place. But part of the things I love about religion is um, that it can't answer everything. And there's going to always be different perspectives uh, and struggles for us within our religion. Um, What this does is this tests our faith, which makes it stronger and reaffirms it to us uh, but also, it, it would be so sad if, uh, I mean, I'm a rabbi, but I'm, I'm 31 years old. It'd be so sad if I was only 31 and I had all the answers to life figured out. Um, it would be boring. Yeah, it would be, uh, because I, I think that what religion does is it, it provides us a path for a lifetime of growth um, towards working to be better people. and to learn more and become better educated and to see more holiness in ourselves and in those around us. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all this. It was wonderful to have you here. And we, we, might, we might call you back. I would when, love when We have more questions about things. Wonderful. I look forward to that. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.